Welcome to the RYR Endurance Team Podcast. We are grateful that you've chosen to tune in and listen. If you are a runner, aspiring runner, triathlete, or aspiring triathlete, you are in the right place. We love sharing what we know about these sports. If you like what you hear, you can always learn more by contacting us at ryrcoach at gmail.com or by visiting our website, ryrenduranceteam.com. Hey, if you enjoy our podcast, please do us a favor. Give us a five-star review and subscribe. This helps others find us. Thanks for listening. Good evening, Coach Paula. And it's late evening for us. I mean, it's after nine o'clock. We've got things to talk about. We have had an exciting day, so we just felt like while the excitement is still fresh, we just need to do a podcast. Let's do it. So we had intended on continuing our series on the PTO U.S. Open, but let's start with congratulations to one of our athletes who raced in the middle school city-county championship this evening and was the city-county champion. Congratulations, Chaney. Yep. Very proud of her. We've worked with her, what, a couple years now? And we take no credit for her championship tonight. That was all her. I mean, she has worked hard. She has been consistent. She uh, really, in ways, has pushed us to probably give her even more miles than we typically would for her age. But we've been careful, and we're just so proud of her hunger and her dedication and her devotion and... We uh, just love that little girl, and I mean, she probably doesn't consider herself a little girl, but she's by far the youngest on our team, because we mostly coach adults, but just give a shout out to her and to her parents. They just do a good job getting her connected to a lot of different opportunities, and today it paid off for her with, I don't know, it was a personal best for her 4K by what, 20-something seconds per mile pace? At least. You never know what the distances are going to be in cross-country. We try to compare courses based on what the watch picks up as pace per mile, and her previous best pace per mile was, I believe, 648 pace, and tonight, going for the win, she ran 620 pace. Yeah, so that's a huge improvement in her mile time. And she executed pretty well, I think. What did you say? The first, it was a 4K race. The first K was 6.05 pace. The yes. middle two Ks were right at a 6.30 pace, like 6.30, 6.32. And then she uh, kicked it in to pass the leader somewhere in that last K and ran a 6.12. Exactly. Per mile pace. That's not a per K pace. That's a per mile yeah, pace. Per mile pace for a K. But mm-hmm. yes, at no point in the race today was her pace slower than what she has run in the, in the past in the two 4K events she's been in. So great job pacing and just taking that hunger that she's had and putting it out there on race day and, and getting really good results. Yeah, so super proud of her. Her uh, dad had texted us earlier in the day just talking about it he was pretty excited and there's pretty much four local athletes that one from another school her and then two of her teammates that I feel like any of those four could be city county champion on any given day and it was all going to come down to who was going to execute the best 
and be hungry for it. And, you know, I feel like Cheney ran an extremely smart race and uh, that's what it takes because she has the fitness. She has the consistency. She's put in the hard work and I'm glad it paid off. And now that she's gotten that taste of victory, we're excited to see what this sparks in her. So pretty excited, pretty proud of her. Shout out to her parents for all they do for her. It's just, I just feel so blessed to just have gotten to know this family a little bit better. And, you know, it's just a blessing. Yeah. So Chaney's dad let us know early in the week that Chaney was already thinking about winning this race. And so it really makes a difference if you get the mindset that I can do this. I can win it. And it reminds me of a story from high school. My high school cross-country coach told me about one of his teammates back in high school. I don't think he had won very many races, but he had qualified for the state meet in either the 1600 or 3200 in track. And in the hotel room the night before, he was practicing breaking a roll of toilet paper as if he was winning the race. And he went out the next day and he won it. Yeah, I mean, there is a lot to say about having a vision and going for it. That's for sure. Yeah. So I was uh, a little bit disappointed and conflicted. I uh, have committed to leading a Bible study group on Thursday evenings. And so it was very difficult for me to skip the meet today. But you were there and her meet started at 5.30 and my Bible study started at 6. So I had to be there and there was just no possible way to be to, you know, the travel time. Like There was no possibility. So I was thinking she would run it around 6. I was thinking 16 minutes to 16 minutes, 15 seconds. Wasn't really sure. And so I hadn't heard anything from you at 5.47, which was 17 minutes <laughs> after it was supposed to start, which, you know, a race could start. It could happen. A few seconds late, you know, a minute late. Or whatever. Or I could be busy. So anyway, I call you. I don't get an answer. But as I was like just sad and hanging up, Bethany sent me a text saying she won! Exclamation point. So I was super excited too. And actually, Bethany was right there by Cheney and handed her the phone. I was trying to congratulate her, but I could tell she was just still breathing hard. And I'm like, well, I'll have a chance to talk to her some other time. But anyway, nice, exciting evening and just... Uh, we could talk about it a long time. <laughs> yeah. And uh, a less exciting news, talk about my workout today. Well, tell me about it. Yeah. How'd it go? So I'm a week and three days out from the Chicago Marathon, as are you. And I looked at my watch and the workout was called The Hay is in the Barn. I usually love The Hay is in the Barn workouts because that means, oh, I've done all the hard work. So... This is going to be pretty easy because I'm going to be maintaining my fitness. Huh, it was it was a workout. <laughs> you were an overachiever on the workout, though. Uh, I feel like I nailed the first five miles of the workout exactly how I was supposed to. But then in the 1K effort a little bit later, mm-hmm. um, I don't think my watch was reading correctly. 
Blame it on the watch because you were super fast. I'm blaming it on the watch. So I think I was about, when it was finished and it captured the data, it was different than what my watch was displaying (laughs) during. I'm like, oh, I'm going to be in trouble because it was a good 30 seconds per mile pace faster than. I commented on that. Oh, I haven't been back in to look. Mm, That just says you're in good shape. I guess. Ready to race. Ready to race, which, I don't know, four, this will be four or five marathons. And uh, so I have two goals in Chicago. Uh, One is to finish it and enjoy it. And the other one is to finish at an effort in which three weeks later I can turn around and finish and enjoy New York. So we've talked about the four or five marathons in one year was probably not my best decision. Mm -hmm. So I'll do better next year. I'm thinking just three next year. Sounds like a plan. Yeah, but after New York, I'm definitely going into a recovery phase where I'm hoping to continue my streak, which, what day am I on in my streak now? You're somewhere close to 280. Yeah, I I can always figure it out by my what day I'm on in a Bible in a year. Do you know what day we're on in Bible in a year? 271. Seems like the number I remember. Yeah. If it's 271, then it's 278. It's 272. So today was 279. Yeah. So because I started on Christmas Day. Thankful that you're healthy and continuing to be healthy. Yeah. Such a blessing. So once I finish New York, assuming I'm still healthy, I plan on continuing my streak and just running pretty low mileage and uh, not much intensity for a bit and really honing in on my weight training because I feel like I started doing some strength training right after Jack and Jill in July. But I was getting extremely sore. And then as I've gotten closer to Chicago, I have skipped some of my strength training just because I've been so fatigued. But that's a go between... Um, the middle of November till the end of the year is lower mileage, low intensity, and strength training. Yeah. After I recover. Yep. Sounds mm. like a good plan. Want to set you up for a, a successful 2023. Yeah. So before we get into today's topic, do you have any just compelling random news nuggets? Well, I did have a couple more shout outs I wanted to do. Oh. I want to shout out to Brent, who is doing the Bourbon Chase Relay, and to Harpreet at the London Marathon. Oh, yeah. He's uh, traveling. He's there. So we're excited for both of them. Uh, Random news. As we're recording this podcast, it's a Thursday night. It happens to be the Thursday night that the Dolphins are playing the Cincinnati Bengals. And they just missed a field go right before we hopped on this podcast. But... They should have gone for a two-point conversion anyway because it was Bengals 14, Dolphins 12. So they don't go for a two-point conversion, and the extra point was missed. Yes. So, I mean, they just need me to coach them. That's all there is to it. Okay. So go ahead. So, Tua Tagliovia, if I said his name right, I try. It's a complicated name to pronounce. Tagliovia. Anyway, he's been the quarterback. I think this is his second year, maybe third year. I can't remember. But anyway, I was reading 
an article from Sports Spectrum and found out that he's a Christian. Oh. And I noticed on television that the uh, the black paint under the eyes he has in the shape of a cross. Mm. Pretty cool. Is he the one that's sidelined right now? He was injured in the game. Prayers that he will be okay. Um, they had carted him away on a stretcher. It uh, it didn't look good when he first started moving after being sacked. He was his movements were kind of erratic. Anyway, prayers go out to him. But anyway, this Sports Spectrum article was referring back to something that he said when he played for Alabama. He said back in 2019, the greatest gift that God could have ever given us was his son. It's not just a matter of hearing what Jesus Christ is. It's a matter of getting to know who Jesus Christ is to really understand and really feel the identity of who you are because of things that he's done. And I'd say you can only find your identity through him if you know him. Pretty cool that he's been so successful and that he is not shy about his faith. Yeah. Pretty cool. Yeah, that is awesome. Any more random news nuggets that you wanted to share? I've got some random news nuggets I'm going to keep on the shelf and bring out at a later time. All right, then. Let's jump into our main topic of the day. Okay, so we mentioned on our last podcast that we went to the PTO US Open in Texas, and we talked considerably about the women's pro race. And so we have two other areas on this race that we'd like to cover. One being the age group race and one being the professional men. But I thought I would let you decide which one we tackle first. I'd like to focus on the professional men before we focus on my race. Okay. And my reasoning being is that the Ironman World Championship is coming up and we may want to talk about that at some point. And I want to make sure we cover the PTO first. We could talk about my race anytime. This is true. I like that. So do we want to start back with the press conferences? Let's start with the press conferences. We'll we'll skip going to Bucky's. We've already been there. Yeah, we're already there. We're not we're going to rehash all that. <laughs> and at the press conference, again, was Michael Johnson. Awesome to meet him. And we had Sam Long, Daniel Bacagard, and Lionel Sanders. So some really cool personalities on the stage being interviewed. And kind of like what we said about the ladies' press conference, you know, Taylor Nib was uh, very young in comparison to the other professional athletes on the stage. And giggly, well, Sam Long is kind of the same way. I mean, he wasn't really giggly, but definitely more immature. Yes. Yeah. Yo, yo, yo. Yo, yo, yo. (laughs) Yeah. His nickname is Big Unit. I haven't heard that a lot recently, but I wonder where he got that nickname. I mean, he is a big guy. I had my picture taken next to him. He's probably a foot taller than I am. Yeah, he does tower over you in that picture. And when you see him running... He's got a big foot. His feet are pretty good size. You I may didn't. not have paid any attention, but yeah, he's got some big feet. Anyway, those were the pro athletes on the men's side at the press briefing. And they talked a little bit about the heat. They talked a little bit about the two times that Sanders and Long have had sprint finishes. 
and Sanders has won both of those. So Sam with Long was trying to get some pointers from Michael Johnson on on how to sprint. Yeah, I thought it was interesting that they were talking about that sprint, and then it to put perspective to it, like Michael Johnson was running twice as fast or more than twice as fast. Yeah, like he was doing twenty seconds per two hundred, and Sam and Lionel were doing forty something seconds per two hundred in their sprint. Of course, they were doing a much farther distance, so it's all perspective. Different type of race, but yeah, it does put things in perspective. <laughs> so that was one of the stories that was interesting. Another one of the stories that was interesting was how they have some friendly bantering between athletes. And Lionel Sanders told a story about a mountain road called Mount Lemon. I believe that was what it was called. And he wanted to get the Strava KOM on Mount Lemon. So he tried and tried and tried several attempts, and they finally got it, and he was real proud of it. Well, Sam Long found out about it, and like the, the next week, Sam went out and beat his KOM, just to spite him. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so Lionel had to do it again to uh, reclaim the KOM. So I kind of got the impression that he hadn't reclaimed it yet. But I thought he, he did. Maybe he did. Yeah, I thought he did. But I don't know. It, it's good that they can compete against each other, but they can also have a lot of fun. Yeah, and the press has kind of beat up on Sam Long in the last month just because sometimes his mouth does get the best of him and uh, sometimes it ventures over into not seeming so friendly. But Michael Johnson's like, you guys don't need to be so friendly to each other. You need to... You know, win. When you get to the starting line, it's 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 war. Yeah. <laughs> so that was interesting. Yeah, it was really good. Now, Daniel Bakagard, he was pretty mild-mannered. I don't remember a whole lot of what he said, but uh, come race day, he had a pretty good race, if I remember right. He did. Mm-hmm. Let's see, what else? In the tri-talks, Ben Canute was the professional man in that meeting. And he commented that he was just really proud to be representing the United States. And his tri-kit is the red, white, and blue. He had on some red, white, and blue pretty tall socks, too, during the press conference. Yeah. Do you remember anything else about the press conference or the tri-talks? Not a whole lot. Mm -mm. Let's see. There was the practice swim of the professionals, professional men. I don't remember anything that really stood out in that. So let's move on to race day. Let's do it. Which was actually after your race. Yeah. So the race started at 2.45 Central Time in Irving, Texas. The heat index had to be 100 or more. It was quite toasty. I'm not going to talk about my race really, but I'll just throw this out. When I jumped in the water at 7.30 in the morning... The water temperature was around 83 degrees. It felt great. It had to be a little bit warmer when the professional men took off. And some of the professional men, like the professional ladies, when they exited the swim on the first lap, they got some water, poured it on cold water, poured it on themselves, took a little drink, and kept going. But anyway, back to the swim start. Jumping off the platform, pretty cool to watch 30-some-odd 
guys jump off the platform, dive in, in a mad dash to get to the lead, find feet to swim off of, figure out what line you're going to take. But it was interesting that there wasn't a huge breakaway on the first lap. It was a pretty good pack, and the commentators were saying, that because of the extreme heat, the stronger swimmers were probably backing off a little bit to save energy for later, which really helps the weaker swimmers. But on the second lap, there did open up some gaps, and some of the favorite triathletes were a minute and a half, two minutes down, coming out of the water into... T1. Aaron Royal and Ben Canute were up at the front leading the way on the swim. And then coming out of the water, heading into T1, uh, we got to see them race out of T1 from our shady spot along the bike course. Yeah, Ben Canute was uh, number one on the bike coming out of transition. Yeah, he was up near the front coming out of the water on the swim and he had a really good transition. It didn't take long on the bike for Sam Laidlow to make himself known and take the lead. He did a very similar thing in the PTO Canadian Open, took the lead. And in this case, he held the lead for a pretty good while. Was he the guy in blue? Florian Angert was the guy in blue. Sam Laidlow was in white. Florian ended up taking the lead for a while on the bike as well. But the big story on the bike was where Lionel Sanders and Sam Long were. They were in the same pack coming out of the water, which was... It was the like the third pack that came out. It was a couple minutes down. Yeah, they were two, two and a half minutes down. And a seven-lap bike course. So we got to see the professionals a lot, and we could tell that Sam was moving up through the pack. Lionel was moving up through the pack for a while, And we were also watching the TV coverage on the phone. But it became apparent that Sam was really making his way towards the front. And Lionel Sanders had stabilized and was pretty much staying where he was. But do you remember what place Sam was coming out of the water? 38th. Wow. So going from 38th place and then over the course of seven laps on the bike passing one after another after another. I remember when he was in second place, and I believe the only person in front of him at this point was Sam Laidlow. And I had walked away from you just a little bit to get a different picture angle, and there was a a group of lady volunteers under this tent handing out water bottles. I was just beyond that. But they were cheering for him, and uh, he looked over, and that's just have to be where I was at. And I don't know what he said, but he, he kind of like stuck out his tongue and made some kind of noise like he was just having a blast, like he was in the zone. This is easy. I'm, I'm going to the front. Anyway, it wasn't too much longer after that that uh, I take that back. He was in third place at that point. Florian Anger was out ahead of Sam Laidlow. But anyway, Sam came off the bike in second place. Florian Angert was out on the run, and just like we were talking about in the ladies' race, when Ashley Gentle was obviously moving up through the pack, Sam Long was obviously catching up to Florian Angert and took the lead. 
And where we were at watching the run was a great spot. There were other people watching, and it was just really cool. We talked about Daniel Backegaard being in the press conference. I remember seeing the back of his tri-kit. It has a gorilla on the back. <laughs> what do you think about that? you got a gorilla on your back. I think nothing of it. Silly. Well, I'm guessing the thought is, if you're behind him and you see that, maybe that's supposed to make you feel bad. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. It's pretty cool, though. Got a gorilla on your back. Anyway, Sam made it to the lead and kept the lead for several of the five laps. I guess maybe four of the five laps. But just like in the ladies' race, there was one athlete that stood out lap after lap that was moving up, and that was Colin Chartier. Chartier. And he just looked like he was smooth and quick. And he was with a different group of people on each lap, just working his way to the front. Now he didn't. Now when Ashley Gentle got off the bike, she had a almost seven minute deficit. His deficit wasn't that big. I think he had what a three minute. I don't remember, but, but no, it, it wasn't as big. Yeah, but we immediately spotted him, saying, "This guy's running faster than everybody else." Yeah, yeah. It wasn't until later that I learned that he has been training with Lionel Sanders. They have the same coach, and they've been training together. Well, I found that out. I guess it was, was it at the awards that he gave a shout-out? Yeah. Well, at the at the finish line when he was interviewed right after winning, he gave a shout-out. To Lionel Sanders, which was really kind of funny, because that's a little bit of a dig into Sam Long a little bit saying, hey, Lionel Sanders, it may not have been his day, <laughs> and he went on the podium, but hey, Lionel Sanders helped Colin, like Colin gave Lionel credit. Yeah, so. yeah maybe, I don't know, but to my knowledge, it's the first time Sam has ever beaten Lionel. Yeah, and so this was a big breakout race. For Colin, like he just he passed Sam. Sam didn't have any any energy to yeah, go with him. No reaction. And then who else came around Sam and got second? Yeah, with less than a half mile to go, Magnus Dietlov went from third place past Sam Long to take second place. Yeah, so Sam lost fifty thousand dollars in the <laughs> last five k. You wouldn't have known it. You wouldn't have known it by seeing him at the award ceremony. He was jumping around and spraying champagne everywhere. Yeah, he's a big kid. So it was a hundred thousand for Colin, seventy thousand for Magnus, Magnus, and fifty thousand for Yo Yo Yo. Pretty cool. So I guess one other, I guess a couple other little tidbits. One when Sam was approaching the finish line he almost missed the finish line like he was getting ready to do lap number six and he had to weave in between some cones to uh to get to the finish line and then when it was pretty cool that where the where we were where the fans were at lined up against the fence along the finish line that several of the pro athletes were clapping hands but when lionel sanders was coming in clapping hands Rudy Von Berg had other thoughts on mine and ran right past him to steal a spot right at the finish. Yeah, that yeah, that was interesting. <laughs> he wasn't giving any fan love. He was thinking about dollar signs, I guess. It made a difference. Yeah. Sure it did. 
So anyway, Lionel Sanders did not have a good day. Usually he is right there in contention for the podium. And uh, after the race, he he does a YouTube channel, like podcast thing. And he was just saying he was fighting to not get last. And I think heat got to him. He uh, only averaged 300 watts of power over that bike leg. The was it? 80K bike. Yes. And, uh, yeah, their course was the full distance, whereas the age group was cut short. And he was, he was just baffled by that. He just couldn't even fathom that he would, quote unquote, only be able to push th- 300 watts. Which, to me, if I could push 300 watts for 80K, I'd be pretty, pretty darn excited. But for him, that this definitely is not his peak performance, but... He just thinks he his the way his body is made. He's got to figure out extra ways to mitigate the heat because he has not raced well in the heat, which will make Kona very interesting because it's if if I recall your race in Kona, it was hot, Dawn. It was hot, yes. So he's got a couple of weeks to figure it out. Yeah, that'll be exciting to watch. And he said he's doing some kind of nine day experiment training camp yeah to try to figure out yeah how to handle the heat and i think you had to comment on his video his youtube video giving him some tips on how to mitigate the heat yeah i didn't have any other way to contact him but i did have some suggestions for him yeah i mean he may be just contacting our wide our endurance team now and hiring us to coach him (laughs) we can help Oh my goodness. I will say that I feel like our seats for spectating the men's race on the run was better than where we sat for the women's because there was a segment where they were just running right at us and we were in the shade. And we got a lot of uh, TV coverage too. If you watch those YouTube clips covering the race, you see us in there several times. I mean, we're practically famous. Practically famous. <laughs> anyway, that was just a really good experience. Hope we can do that again sometime. Yeah. Minus the car ride. Hmm. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see if the PTO open races are in the same locations every year or if they will move them around the country. I hope they rotate them because, I don't know, I just feel like different athletes do better in different conditions. And so you re- would really want your major races to provide different opportunities for your strong swimmers, strong bikers, strong runners. And that's one of the complaints about the Ironman World Championship having always been in Kona. Up until this past year. Up until St. George. But going forward, maybe they will mix it up. But I think athletes have mixed opinions of that because, especially age groupers, they want to do Kona. But for the professionals to really determine the world champion, should it be the same course, the same hot, hilly conditions, or should it be mixed up kind of like the uh, cycling world championships or the Olympics? They're in a different location every four years. Yeah, and I can definitely see both aspects of it for age groupers. It's definitely an ultimate goal if you're competitive is to try to be able to race Kona so it would be a bummer if you finally earned a spot and it was in St. George Utah instead of Kona yeah I'd kind of like to do a race in St. George sometime but it wouldn't be the same experience 
It was kind of like me running my first Boston Marathon in Grand Rapids, Michigan. It just wasn't the same. It wasn't the same. When I actually ran Boston in 21 and 22, it was a lot different experience than running it in Grand Rapids. I feel like we skimmed over the men's pro race a lot quicker, but I just feel like it was a tale of the same, like, same story next verse because you just had somebody who was in the lead almost the whole way. You had the American in the lead for the majority of the run, at least on the men's side. It was another American that took the lead. So the U.S. came in first and third on the men's side. Yeah, Pretty so good. that was exciting. Pretty good. Are you ready to wrap this up with a scripture? I'm ready. All right. I've been reading through the book of Daniel recently, and the scripture that stood out to me comes from Daniel chapter 6, verses 26 and 27. This is King Darius, and he is king of the Medes or the king of the Persians. I don't remember. Anyway, he's the ruler of the land, and this is right after God saves Daniel from the lion's den. And King Darius says, I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and steadfast forever. His kingdom is the one which shall not be destroyed, and his dominion shall endure to the end. He delivers and rescues, and he works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth, who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. Yep, it took that king a while to get to that point, but, you know, Daniel surviving the lion's den just proves the faithfulness and all-powerfulness of the one true God. Yeah, and even though this king didn't know the Lord, he prayed to the Lord all that night, hoping that the one true God would save Daniel. Mm-hmm. And the Lord answered it. Yep. We got a good God. At RYR Endurance Team, we specialize in customized coaching. What is customized coaching? It's more than a training plan. It's a relationship. It's a partnership. So what are your goals? What are you training for? Contact us at ryrcoach at gmail.com or visit us on our website ryrenduranceteam.com. Hey, if you enjoy our podcast, please do us a favor. Give us a five-star review and subscribe. This helps others find us. Thanks for listening.